remember that we are all humans, that everybody has their flaws, their developments, their you know, strength. So therefore, you know, always try to keep yourself healthy, you know, physically, but mentally. Welcome everyone to WorkPod uh, podcast. Today we have a fascinating guest. We have Melissa Ribeiro. Um, so friends, very few times we get to have leaders who have checked a lot of interesting boxes that are very difficult steps for leaders to pursue. So Melissa is a diverse candidate. She is an interna- She has been leading organization internationally, came on board in US and 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 spend her career across leading multiple organization at various levels so it will be an interesting ride um, talking about her journey and and how she pursued and how she got to her her, her c suite role with that melissa welcome to the podcast oh thank you vishal and thank you for inviting me to join you so let's j- jump right to the to, to the to the matter um walk us through your journey Yes, absolutely. Um, so I am Brazilian, born and raised. Um, I started, you know, my my, my life um, in in Brazil. My parents they had the opportunity to come to the United States in University of Michigan to um, for you know, a part of his residency. Uh, my father and my mom to take a master's degree here, and at that time I I was able to learn English. And when I came, went back to Brazil, it was a huge point that later on, which I'm, I'm going to get to there in a minute, um, changed a lot of the, uh, the perspective of my career, right? So when I was going to business school, I decided, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to take an internship program. And when I went to, to decide, I'm like, I'm going to work for a company that is a multinational company based out of the United States that has presence in uh, in Brazil. In my hometown, which is a 600,000 inhabitant city, it's not a large city, it's the name of the city is Londrina in the south of Brazil, had this multinational organization and that just had a joint venture. So all, all the things that they needed to put from best practice in the people function, HR, right, in regards to employees, um, it was not, in, we didn't, we, they didn't have in, in, in the, in the in the offices and uh, in the organization in Brazil. And I was the only person intern at 18 years old who could speak and write English. So I was very fortunate because, you, you know, 18 years old, you're a kid, you're not even developed yet. And I had to be dealing with the sea level. Um, I had to be dealing with the headquarters. I had to be translating thinking, things in, from English to, to Portuguese, but implementing that with my team. So developing my leadership and honing my leadership skills right there. It went fantastic for, for, for four years, but I decided to take my second master's degree in the United States. And, um, and I told the company, I was, again, very fortunate that they were like, we're going to transfer you. Um, and that's how my journey started here in the United States. I was trans- transferred at first to Atlanta, Georgia. And, um, and, you know, quietly, quietly shortly after that, I made a decision. It was a manufacturing uh, industry. Um, I wanted to go to technology because at that time I already was fascinated by the techies, right? 
the, the geeks, the nerds. I love people that are smart. I love people that have, that are creative. You know, they're not, you know, bound to the status quo. They want more. And I, I'm like, I want to go there. And I had opportunity to work for IBM. And later on, I became an executive recruiter because I wanted to go through my PhD in psychology and I couldn't do full, t- full time. So I had to balance uh, work. Um, and to be an executive recruiter at that time was great because I had a role and I got paid by whatever I closed. Hmm. And you know, I was able to make my money at the same time, full time in a, in a program. Fast forward, um, I, was, um, I had an opportunity to uh, take a role in New York City. And I, was, I moved to New York City, to Manhattan. And a lot of things just happened because in New York City, you have everything, you know, in two steps around from you, from uh, networking, from meet, you know, influencers, from developing your own, you know, and hone your own skills. Um, and, the, and the first organization that I worked in in, in um, New York City, it was a multinational organization, very spread in the United States, um, with a lot of acquisitions. And that's when the M&A started, you know, what, what, you know, what can we do to acquire a company? How can we do a due diligence? How can we develop, you know, like those integration plans within organizations? Um, I was the only female in, a, in leadership and you're talking about DEI. So being Brazilian, a female, you know, it's like, yes, I do check a lot of boxes. Um, so I encountered right there for the first time, you know, 18, 17 years ago, what was to represent a female, to represent a Lat- Latina, to represent, you know, all my cultural, uh, um, you know, upbringing into organizations. And, and of course, you know, be able to, you know, speak and be heard in, in a leadership environment. And from that point on, that has been my career, right? It has been Melissa, you know, either the only one or the one that's going to bring, you know, more diversity to the team because it's important. Um, you know, and then later on, you know, I was transferred as an expat to my own country through um, through um, an organization at the time where Thomson Reuters was hired by Yahoo and I returned to the United States. Um, Yahoo moved me around. I took global roles uh, in and I didn't live in California. Um, the company before I took this role with Action, um, it was a larger organization. We had 9,000 employees across the globe, spread. Uh, my team was 110 uh, HR professionals that I led. And uh, it was, you know, it was a great experience, but I missed, I was in Los Angeles. I missed being in the Valley, being in the Silicon Valley and where everything happens in a minute and you have so much, you know, uh, greatness of people and, um, and ideas and just, I just love this. And I wanted to take a role here in California and I took the role as the chief people officer for Actian two and a half years ago. Um, and it has been, you know, a fantastic ride. So this is a little bit of my career so far. It's, it's fascinating. So um, let's rewind a bit. So in Brazil, right? So I'm from India and India is known for, um, we are very conservative when it comes to um, value system and all that. So getting a female leader in India is remarkable. It's hard for them and it's they have to really have. So walk us through about 
Brazil? Like what it is like to be a female leader in Brazil? Yeah, I mean, I have a huge role model, my mother. Um, she, you know, her generation, I mean, imagine it, it was tougher than, than, you know, than what I went through. Um, she was, um, she was a professor in university. She became a leader in the entire department of the university. Later on, she become a, became an entrepreneur. Um, you know, today, you know, she, she writes book and, and gives lectures. So, you know, don't, don't, she always taught us like your opinion matters. Um, and, you know, have confidence by you know bringing value and um and he was you know he was amazing because you know at, at, in our we, we are three girls i'm the baby of the family we would sit down for lunch with my father who is a neurologist to this day 80 years old wow. <laughs> in brazil and yeah and i don't think he's ever gonna stop um <laughs> he's gonna drop one day you know he's gonna be like he loves being a a, a physician and but you know we would talk about like you know from politics to to culture to education to anything that would come up you know the world and they would instigate the three of us to talk because our opinion mattered and you start building you know a a a body where you know of confidence when you are a little girl right so i was very fortunate to have you know parents where they they had that within them and because it was very difficult for her to maneuver within you know you know corporate and 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 then environments that were only male and uh, you know she wanted us you know to to be strong and to feel that they needed to develop themselves was it easy i mean brazil is very machista mm. very machista it's mm. very you know it's it but at the same time the females in brazil are strong you know we are we are known by being passionate, by being outspoken, by, you know, really, really have that strength, right? But, you know, no matter where you are in the world, it's, we always have to prove more hmm. to this day. We always have to prove more. If it is, there are, you know, five males and one female, and they're performing the same role, you know, typically the, the female is going to work more hours is going to do this is going to do that because you know she wants to be relevant right um you know i don't feel that way anymore because i've been i've proved myself with my strategic thinking and and how i deploy programs and and, and you know how do i influence the c-level so they take great decisions i mean you know about the company and about people right but um but i was when when i started here in the united states it was more difficult than in brazil because in Brazil, I was I was so young, right? That you know, people would be like, "Okay, you know, I'm listening to you and I'm giving you opportunities," but at the same time, they 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 were like, "I'm very confused by the fact that you're too young." But here in the United States, people would be like, "The stigma of Brazilian, you know, Brazil has carnival, and people all over the world think carnival is a bunch of females, you know, almost naked, uh, dancing, <laughs> and and sincerely." People would ask me, oh, you're from Brazil. Hmm, tell me about Carnaval and tell me about, it's the whole stigma of, you know, a country, right? And, uh, and, 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 oh yeah, and the females, oh, the models, Giselle Bündchen from Victoria's Secret, you know, oh, you have all those females. Like, stop 
that stigma, that mm. bias, because not everybody comes from the same box. Um, you know, Carnival, it's a beautiful festival where people go to the streets. It, it, the regular, you know, dude and do that are not going to be, you know, half naked in the street. They are going to just be as everybody else, enjoying themselves, being happy and dancing, right? But people would look me up and down for sure. And, uh, and make comments and, and, you know, like, are you an angry person because you, you talk with a strong voice and like, no. Yeah. In fact, you know, I'm all, I'm very the opposite. I'm very pathetic. I work for people with people. That's my, my job. Right. So um, it doesn't matter where you are. You know, it is not only Brazil. Right. It's not only India. And I have, you know, been working in, in India, going to India and, uh, and and being the lead of a function where there's you have a lot of male uh, HR professionals there. And, and you're absolutely correct. Um, they would rather have a male talking to them. But it is my job. I will be, you know, I'll be polite, but I will need to get things done. Interesting. So, um, what? So, what? What is your hack? So, um, uh, basically, I spoke to one of the one of the leader, female leader, and she put it really beautifully. So she she said, "Michelle, you know what a story of of hedgehog and fox." I said, "What's the story of hedgehog and fox?" And, and she said that in in our life, either we are fox, so we are maneuvering around, monitoring, trying to find an opportunity, and just take the small small steps very cleverly and do things, or we could be hedgehogs. So we are really good at one thing and that one thing only and the world sort of just you don't care about Fox as long as you are in your you have a production given to you and you just monetize on that. And 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 and, and this particular lady. Um, so she said many of my colleagues. So my mentor said in our life, just be a hedgehog. So they cannot hurt you. They cannot do things. So, you know, your your value, you know, your strength and you pursue. On the other side, I have this 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 leader. She said, uh, "You know what? I I think my job isn't as being an entrepreneurial job. So I I I ha it's it's pure capitalism for me. I make them money; they will keep me appreciated. I don't care if the the, the other other guy is a guy or a gal or or whoever. It's a fair game. It's a fair field. If I can generate more capital than than a, than a male counterpart and then listening to male counterpart, that's bad bad for them." But at least I am true to myself. So, in 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 from your vantage point, what? How do you grapple this? How do I grab? Um, you know how I position myself. Yes. So, so what's, I... what's what's your secret? Like what what keeps you keeps you going? Um, in and and still breaking ceilings. Um, well, you know, I when you work. Um, I've been working for over 20 years, right, um, in my field and in the in HR people. And, um, and, you know, in the beginning when I started my career, the people function was very manual, very um, tactical, um, and, 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 and had, there was an evolution where I participated from the beginning to, to this point, because I already had, you know, the, the thought process of being strategic. How, am, how can I add value? How can I influence people, right? So am I gonna be like, a, you know, some females believe that they need to come across as very tough um, and, or they're submissive, listen and then act. I'm like, I'm a hybrid, I'm not an either or. 
I am the kind of individual that I need to sit down across from a CEO, no matter gender, and I need to influence the CEO to take decisions that are going to be positive so we can retain, engage employees. Um, I need to help the, the, the CEO to be successful in their own careers. So I am the coach the, 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 or the quarterback who's, who needs to go in front of me. So there's a little bit of the backstage where I play very well, um, as well as you know when I need to sit down with an entire organization and with the public and an audience where I have the persona that I need to bring that it's more outspoken. So I work in the hybrid. I work in a hybrid where I'm in the backstage and I'm in front, right? When I'm leading a function, I, you know, I'm the one that, you know, the, the person that has to be sitting with everybody and making sure that it's cohesive what I'm saying, it, you know, makes sense. So I don't have that the aggressive nature because I lead people function, right? If I was in engineering, that would be different. If mm -hmm. I was in sales, that would be different. I need to be aggressive to get things done, right? But with, with the people function, I should not be aggressive. I should be, you know, I, I need to be somebody that it's seen as an influencer, you know, a thought leader where, you know, you, I can evolve a culture of an organization so we can retain the, the top performers, where we can, you know, really bring and develop, you know, the best of a, a human being so they can bring value to the organization. As you said, it is a cycle, you know, it's give and take kind of a cold way of saying that but it's give and take everything you're not going to do things for, for just for the heart of it but when you are authentic and you really believe that you're doing the right thing for people everything flourish right so 20 plus years of doing what i'm doing you know learning and failing and and, and knowing that fail is part of everything right you pick up some tricks you know in your sleeves where you can bring it up you know to an entire organization and say let's try this but you have to have credibility with the entire leadership. No matter if it's a female or a male, they need to believe that, you know, I'm going to follow your, your, your voice. I'm going to follow your instinct. I'm going to follow your, your uh, you know, your ears of experience. And, and, and that's what it is. It's, it, it's a thought leader. It is an authentic person where they come and they bring them the authentic self. And people are going to believe you. And then you're going to grow to be, you know, whoever you want to be. Interesting. Right? So, um, on, so on that, so um, you talk about uh, tricks or tips. So on that note, say um, if if you quantify your journey and, and and you say, okay, in my journey, there are certain tricks or tips that has really helped um, you gain traction when it comes to uh, sort of moving, keeping the keeping the the goalpost moving. So can you can you share some of those tips or tricks uh, that has that really has helped you? Yes, yes. Um, I think the most important one is you need to know yourself. You need to know your strength and you need to know your areas of development. What are the areas where, you know, I, I keep saying over and over again that you need to be, you need to have the tip of iceberg and depth in mm -hmm. certain areas. You cannot know everything in a function. You cannot, you, 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 you know, you're not super women, super men. You, you're just not. So, my biggest trick is really to hire people that are smarter than me in, in, in areas where I know I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be the expert or I'm going to have the tip of knowledge where I, I know I'm, 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 I have said that in an interview, I'm dangerously knowledgeable because I know enough <laughs> that I can, 
you know, curb and make decisions, right? But to, to do the entire development, deployment, design of a program or a plan, I need the expertise, right? So I always hire people that are personality like the opposite of me, people that come from different, you know, again, diversity brings a lot of creativity. And, you know, the other thing is like, I am a student of, of a lifetime. You know, I'm always humbled because I want to learn what the, you know, the heck is the new thing. We just, we're going through a pandemic, you know, here in the United States, you feel like, oh, maybe, you know, we are seeing the, the end of the, the, this pandemic, but you and I, I come from Brazil, you come from India. That's mm. not that's the story right now. Mm. You know, we are not seeing the end of the pandemic. Mm. And how you as a leader, uh, you know, have to act in a time of a pandemic where we thought, you know, that we would never go through this. I mean, mm. I'm sure a lot of people have been, have known that it was about to happen one day. But from one day to the next, uh, we had to change the entire organization, right? We have to be prepared to have tools for employees who, you know, in, from one second to the end, the, from one second to the next second, they were, um, you know, inside an apartment, lonely because they didn't have anybody and, and start having, you know, depression, you know, having burned out and having, you know, like, how are we going to treat all that? Well, you need to be you need to be very fast, you know, and grounded to understand, okay, what tools am I going to have here to, to be able to take care of the psychological safety of this human, right? Um, did we know this was going to happen this way? No, right? Nobody would think about that. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, the divorce happened during the pandemic because people did not, you know, they were like, I like you for two hours a day. I don't like you for the entire day, <laughs> right? And, uh, and then organizations are just, you know, the continuum of their lives. But there's a huge impact if, if the human being is not treated with respect. It's treated with, you know, with, you know, with, a, with tools and ways of, of, you know, being healthy mentally and physically. There is no way, there is no way that this person is going to be productive for an organization or bring value. Because the core of a human being, you know, it's, it's totally unstructured. It's in, there's no structure anymore. There's no foundation. So companies cannot think that, you know, oh, yes, you know, the value that we have, it is the human capital. But we, we, we invest zero. Hmm. You know, it, it, you should never do that, you know. And as a leader within this, this world, right, that we were going through, right, Having, you know, an empathy as, 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 you know, part of who you are, it made me successful for this pandemic that we are, you know, still going through. Yeah. Right. And taking the decisions from a people standpoint versus just the revenue. The revenue is important because without revenue, there's no people. Right. That, so that's true. So I think... Um, so um last question on the diversity sec uh, and, and and thank you thank you for for helping us understand that so if if you are a <clears throat> diverse candidate today or if you are a diverse um um wannabe leader that are that are watching this this particular uh, session what would you say to them what would they, how would they can achieve success 
without getting uh, hammered by, as you rightly pointed out, the nuances on sort of being a diverse candidate or, or stigma that are attached to you and fighting that stigma and still performing and, and, and if not overperforming uh, to, to justify why you should exist in, in the first place. So what would you tell um, to the listeners and viewers uh, from a diversity point of view? Well, there are two things that I find it critical, right? Um, you need to be your authentic self, right? You, can, you should not be a chameleon where everywhere you go, you dress to a different persona to accommodate the, the organization. You know, it's going to kill you one day if, if, you, if you do that over and over and over. But you, sh- you have to curb some of your cultural nuances, right? Because, you know, just, you know, we were talking about like how interacting you know, a female within, within the Indian society in India, right? Um, it, it's different. So there is a level of, you know, when I'm dealing with a certain specific culture, right? The Asians too. Um, I cannot, you know, I am my authentic self. I bring, you know, my values, my system, you know, my, my passion, my, my, you know, flair and fun, but I, I have to tone, tune my, um, persona to be respectful towards the other culture. It is, it, it, it's be cultural sensitive, right? So if I am, you know, starting my career and I just got out of a, you know, a master's degree, a bachelor's degree, and I'm starting for my first job, right? Um, The first thing is try to develop your sensitivity button (laughs) of, you know, who is in front of you and and be able to understand the the cultural nuances. The largest problem we have today, you know, in employee relations in organizations it's not understanding cultural nuance. Mm. This country is so global, right? You, in one organization, you have people from all over that have migrated to the United States, or you have, you know, second generation, third generation, and, or if you are black, you know, you, you came from a, co- a different culture, you know, from a specific area of the United States, and then you are, you know, in a respect and try to understand put yourself in somebody else's shoes, right? Mm. But don't try to change the core of who you are. The best way to develop, you know, in a, in a society where you don't belong because you're not from here, right? Or you have some, some of the biases of being a female or a male, or, you know, I'm, 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 I'm gay, I, you know, I have disability, I have, you know, whatever, right? Is bring your authentic self but be sensitive to who is in front of you and try to tailor the communication so you can really, you know, shine. I think that's, that's such a, such a beautiful advice. So I have a, I have a little story to tell on that um, for listeners and viewers. So uh, being authentic self is such a critical um, lesson that unfortunately many of us learn after we have gone through the tainted process of trying really hard to blend in by becoming what you are not so uh, so i when i when i come to come when i came to us uh, for my masters um i, I remember i ta- uh, there was an indian famous guest uh, he has a successful entrepreneur opened multiple companies and he was he was uh, giving a speech and and he, I, I asked um, i raised my hand to ask him a question and i was pretending to be a, an american so i was trying to make an american english i'm from british uh, dialect country uh, we follow British uh, linguistic rules. Coming here was totally different, and I was trying really, really hard. 
and then that he said can you can you say it in indian i said what like how can you it's, we are theater why you saying it is nothing like indian so he said can you be authentic can you be sort of just just say i don't mind if you say in your local language but just be yourself and 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 he and he was and when he was uh, speaking in the audience everyone was listening to him and he was not an americanized version of english so then sort of after the fact we and he said vishal you know what many of us exhaust ourselves so much pretending to be uh, in a, in a different culture then we just don't bring our own beauty to that culture and and and, and in fact so i met him like uh, uh, 15 years after uh, this this particular incident and he said the current diversity problem is nothing but this that you try so hard to be uh, uh, inclusive in that community that you somehow press unnecessary and, and we're talking about stigmas that are sort with from where we came from he said just be accept them to be natural accept don't judge them that they're from somewhere just let just have subject on the content so i think i think beautifully put mars and thank you for uh, for reviving that thought well and you are welcome and and the truth of the matter is that i'm i'm i wasn't born in this country i didn't do my bachelor's degree in this country um i you know and i'm always going to have an accent i'm always not going to be as articulate as a, a somebody that grew up in this culture right so when if i had in my mind the fear of i cannot speak like this person because they are so brilliant how they you know like they just have like the you know the words come to them like so beautiful you know put i can't i'm in a huge disadvantage but if i having granted in myself that i wouldn't go anywhere i'm like you know what take it who i am or leave it <laughs> so if if i i have to talk to myself because in the beginning i struggled with that i'm like i'm not going to come across as you know smart but the truth of the matter is you know most of the times people want to see me because i'm me yeah they don't want to see me uh, you know a different melissa with you know with you know like speaking uh, like uh you know kamala harris yeah. who, who has a law degree <laughs> i can't i would never get there and i'm happy and fine with that interesting so now let's talk about um organization today so um what is the state of hr function so can you can you walk us from your vantage point over over your journey uh, in this in this field how has hr function grown since last uh, two decades you said you have been uh, yeah serving that community Yes, absolutely. Well, you know, I was um touching the point that it was it used to be uh connected with payroll, right? And to in processing benefits and processing um, you know, documentation, having compliance. That was that was, you know, what it was before. Um and people or, you know, the the where they would kind of resolve the problems among, you know, employees in litigation. Um the you know bureaucracy um so many red tapes um i never thought that way i always thought you know i'm here to make a difference in 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 people's life through their careers and and from the the get go you know i would do the the, the tactical things and i learned all the tactical things but 
my thought was like, I'm going to be a partner. I'm going to be a partner so I can, you know, if this individual has an aspiration to be, you know, a vice president, you know, what are the things that I can do personally to add value to this individual and uh, allow them to achieve their career, right? So for, for coming from that, you know, mindset, right, I, I evolved very fast to be strategic. But the major change that happened is it's automation, it's systems, right? Because, you know, if we don't need to be going through documentation or going through the details of what, you know, HR, you know, used to be, you know, and we're freed, that means that we have the, the capacity to add time to think about what to do better, what do, can we evolve, what can we, we, we grow into it, and how can we influence, right? And therefore, you know, all those systems that are, you know, just processing, you know, everything, you know, from, from, you know, payroll, from benefits, from, um, you know, for all the documentation, for views um, that the employee is going to have on the top of, you know, having that, um, you know, access to, you know, corp, you know, like their own individual development um, and their systems for everything today, right? Um, it gives us, you know, like, okay, now I am behind the, 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 the system and I can be the one influencing what we're going to do next in the organization. For instance, right, um, HR as a people function, right, it was extremely important for the decision making of all the things that happened in the pandemic, the beginning of the pandemic to this day, because we are the closest to know how a human is going to interact, how they're going to feel, how because we're always talking. And good mm. people leaders, they are going to train their uh, HR business partners to you know be talking to every single person at all times to do a pulse check. Are you guys okay? How is the the, the, the department? Are, how are you feeling? Right? So we can be proactive in developing programs where you know we are going to have create tools like for instance you know everybody know that, that there was a, a time where everybody wanted to do something to do with their mental healthness right and uh, we implemented an application that gave you know time for everybody to you know do meditation you know listen to certain music uh do pilates do you know uh you know core uh make their bodies and their minds um uh you know like full with you know with with the wellness instead of you know sitting at home and continue working getting to the point of burnout or thinking about horrible things because at, in the beginning of the pandemic we only had horrible horrible mm. horrible, horrible horrible things you know mm. coming all the time mm. you know remember the days that we didn't know if a vaccine was going to be created and that hole that was for the you know any person right so we came in and we started developing along with the C-level, you know, from, but coming from our standpoint, you know, first, we need to be extra communicative. Typically, who owns uh, communication with the organization is HR. So that means that, you know, let me tell you how we're going to talk to the employees. Let's, let's, you know, let's augment, you know, make it much more hours of communication. Let's do all hands. Let's talk through it with the, the, with the employees, hmm. you know. 20 years ago, it was a silence between the C-level and the employees. Once in a while, they would do a town hall, right? Now, it is like we have, we have weekly touch bases. We have newsletter. We have them going and talking to the employees, having one-on-ones, having open office. 
So we humanize that. And that's an idea typically, you know, it doesn't come from, I'm sorry, my CFO friends, but it doesn't come from them. Yeah. Right. It comes from people that go like, you know what? I think, I think I've done this. Let me help you to get to some ideas where we can improve, you know, like the engagement and the, you know, psychological safety of our organization, our, our employees. So that's a fair point. And, and I, I think um, I want a perspective on one very interesting thought I was thinking about. So on this podcast, we had we had various guests and I had two sort of futurists in, in the early part of our podcast. And they both are TED speakers. They both are talking about future of organizations. And and one guy said, hey, you know what? In a, in, in, in a future, I don't see HR. Right. So his perspective is, HR function itself is like a bunch of apps put together serving an organization, right? So uh, benefits or whatever, right? So recruiting. The other, other is um, the other. And, other and the apps are going to be run by whom? I, by a robot? So I, without so, feelings? So I miss this guy. So yes. So so that's that's one guy. The the second guy says um, people, right? So people are complicated. People, you need a people's representation. And um, you need a, a more empathetic arm. So HR needs to be instead of more systematic, stereotypical, um, process or process beefed up arm. It it should be more more empathetical and more people side. And 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 fortunately, um, or or um, I don't know if I can judge it, but um, the world is moving towards the second uh, theory, right? So um, we have seen HR to people. Right, so CHRO to see people officer. So, what is what is your take when it comes to the future of HR? So, having these two totally dystopian two sort of polar thoughts, what what do you think? Well, first, for the you know the one piece that got me in it pinched my nerve was you don't need you know a person you know just put all these applications. Uh, yeah, you can. Of course, the applications are here to elevate. The people that are leading the function. So we are not going anywhere. We are more critical than ever because we are, you know, now organizations are figuring out that, oh my God, you know, I don't hire, I don't hire a mathematician. I hire a person who is a mathematician. Hmm. And that person has feelings. Oh my God, they have feelings. <laughs> Right. So what do we do with them? I said, you know, we are at work. It's a continuation of human being and how human interact and how hum, human feel. Right. So, you know, I'm not saying that we are, you know, our organization should be a family. Right. But our, our organization should be a happy continuation of your life. Mm -hmm. So you can feel, feel complete and balanced. Right. So, um, you know, today, you know, what are the things that I'm doing with my organization, right? We are developing programs where we can, you know, really, you know, catapult people's potential, right? So if they are in a swim lane of the individual contributor and they want to be, you know, like a principal architect, right? A fellow or something like that. What are the steps that we need to do to, you know, really take this individual to the, the you know, the, the end of their potential, right? Or if they, they, you know, they have a little bit of the capabilities of leadership, you know, they want to be a leader and they want to be when they see level, right? So what are the tracks that I need to put it together so they can go there, right? And individually develop those programs. It's very individualized because, again, we're talking about human, not cows, mm -hmm. right? 
you know, so each one has its own sentiment, right? And of course, you know, to scale something like that to an organization that has like, you know, 20,000 employees, it is, it's a little bit complicated. But if you have the formula of how to do that, you are going to retain this employee, you know, in, in the work environment that we are today that is hybrid or remote, right? They're not going to want to jump to another company right away. Because, oh, I can work for a company that's based out of Europe, right? Or, you know, or I can do this, I can do that. We're going to be able to say, you know what? He's going to be satisfying working for us. Stop. Full front. Who is doing all of this? Mm. It's an individual who understands the nuances of human and the human capacity and the human traits. Because we hire a mathematician who is a person. <laughs> okay? <laughs> So, you know, and we want this guy, girl, lady, you know, they, them to be, you know, a Nobel Prize, right? Yes. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a fair point. That's a, that's a fair point. So, um, um, if, if you, so I think last year was pretty interesting uh, when it comes to understanding the people problem. I think we have, we have, you touched upon many of those struggles as an organization, as a, as a worker or as a, as an HR leader managing uh, between the organization and the worker. So what do you think is the future entails with this newfound reality? And, and I think the, the, we, we talked about, uh, even before the show, um, about uh, the world would be slightly more virtual than it used to be a year back. So that means many of us would be seeing each other probably on the screen a, a lot slightly longer than, than what we used to. So the, the whole element of uh, uh, those dopamine kicks that we used to get being in 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 a, in a, in a co-working space is virtualized from many aspects. So many of those kicks, I'm probably getting it from somewhere else, which is again a, a problem for, for 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 mental health. So yeah, what what do you see um, um, as the future? As a, well, so, yeah. Absolutely. So uh, I'm thinking about like, and I'm going to be like in the tech space versus other industries, just because I'm, you know, I've been working in the tech for a while. Um, so what hap is happening in the future and it's happening right now is that, you know, people are taking decisions about, you know, I, do I want to be hybrid, right? Do I want to be somebody that comes to the office two, three days a week and then, and then, uh, and work from home? Okay. This is a, one scenario. The other scenario, the other scenario is I want to live in the middle of Arkansas because there is a property that I can afford, but I'm going to still want to work for organization technology, right? Um, and then you have the people that are still going to be like, you know what, I feel good to, you know, to be away from my family and my 10 kids um, and, 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 and focus at work and work be separated from, from home because this blend, you know, makes me unproductive. Companies should understand that they, they should not, you know, be single-minded. And I think people are realizing that. Right, and, and creating those atmospheres. So, for but one thing that is very important is the fact that you know we are driven by emotions. We are driven mm. by connectivity, right? So, not having the report, um, it's it's a, a bit of a problem, right? Because you can be think about a group of people, you know, my team or my my C level, right? So we have you know each one has their expertise. You know, we hire the best people to do everything. If they're not thinking as a team, you know, they're not going to achieve high performance. 
Mm. And and to to think as a team, you need to have you know similar uh, objects, similar you know you have understand your responsibility. Feel that you have psychological safety with them. Feel that you have that um, you know people are going to have my back. If you're not hanging out literally, right? That you know report of you know I am in engineering and you are in marketing. How are we going you know make things better about you know product release? Or something like that. The report is not there, so that means that we're going to be working in silos. So that is a problem. That is a problem. And that's a problem because you know the best teams are the teams that work like this and not mm -hmm. like this for their expertise. We are going to need to have funds and budget that we are not spending in offices anymore for travel. So I believe travel is going to increase tremendously in a corporate environment where you have meaningful days together, where you have to accomplish, you know, strategies and, you know, and product release and hang out as a human, mm. you know, it's like the whole thing about like, oh, let's have a beer together for those who have, you know, a beer, we can have a you know, tea, it doesn't matter. You know, that off hours, you know, you're, you're gonna ch chit chat with people about, you know, Hey, how's your kids? You know, how are your significant other? You know, how is you know the dog? Because everybody has a pet today, right? So you need the two things. You need to have the face-to-face. -face. They're just not gonna be the day-to-day. -day. The day-to-day, -day, yes, the meetings are gonna be virtual. We're gonna still be using Zoom, Teams, Google Meets, whatever. And uh, and, and those platforms have to be better and better and better, you know, for interface and user experience. But we are going to need to devote budget for interactivity, you know, once a quarter or something like that. I think so. One thing uh, pretty fascinating, by the way. So I, I was talking to one of the HR leaders in India managing a, a, a large organization and, and he was making a joke. So he was saying that, Vishal, you know what? 20 years back, if you talk about HR, you th so there was a stigma that HR is just nothing but organized parties. Right. So we see them organized parties. And then uh, over. By the way, I hate events. <laughs> so, so I the... do not. I do not. I don't even. You know, I, I only attend. <laughs> okay. So, so. So. But that's fine. So, and and he was he was just joking, right? So 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 what are you saying? He was trying, so he was trying to say. So we were we were uh, so people used to mock us us that HR is nothing but they're just a bunch of people trying to organize parties and whatever, right? And, and and everyone hate parties, HR parties. So then he said, then the the the, the, the mid twenty uh, last 20, uh, 30 years came when HR is transforming the organization. It's preparing the organization for future. It's pretty techy. That stigma is now fading away. But he said after pandemic, what I how I would see HR is that people would now beg us to organize those parties because if we everyone is so bugged up, it's so exhausted. I said that's 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 an interesting take. So so it was just. Uh, but, there are, but there are platforms that help, by the way, because <laughs> so think about this, like we are a global organization. We have people, you know, in Australia, in India, in, in, in you know, different countries in Europe and, and here in the United States. So how to do things like that? You know, people that were in offices, you know, how to do that? It, 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 there is a, a tactical problem, logistical mm. problem, which mm. is, you know, how do you, you know, create budget? logistically. Mm. So there mm. are platforms that, you know, it's, con it's considered like rewards for or engagement where the, the money is, you know, sent out to, we host HR, host the, the budget for engagement. 
but it is passed on to in, uh, a individual where they can, you know, get together in a, you know, a Starbucks, you know, in China, you know, and, and with the team and have those interactivities, right? Because that has to be in place. There's more, it, it's, you know, like all this, you know, virtual world that we have today, right? Events is going to be an important thing. Mm -hmm. But not a, a, a you know the party thing because the party has to be a <laughs> no, committee I, representative of different functions. Yes, yes. So he was just so he was joking. So he was just. Uh, I know. So, but but it was it was hilarious. So, um, so now let's let's come on a, on a slightly fun part of the conversation. So we call it rapid fire. So in that, um, uh, how that works is I say you a word or, or probably a small sentence, and you tell me what comes to your mind. Um, a sentence or two, uh, just to give you. What what do you think? Oh, so not like a one word, two words. You want like a thought? <laughs> yeah, okay. thought or word, whichever. Like just I, totally, it's totally up to you. But the idea is to be like quick. Okay, so um, should we start? So future of work. Concerning a challenge, but absolutely fun. Technology. Technology is empowering all of us to do a better job. Leadership. Empathy, gravitas, and creativity. Remote work. Don't forget, we are humans. Equity. Equity. We are not there yet. We're still fighting. Diversity. It's a must. Look at the two of us. <laughs> Legislature. We all need a little bit of compliance so we don't swim in different lanes and get ourselves in trouble. Jobs of future. People that can develop, you know, make the connectivity between, between mental and physical. Future of learning. Experience. Future of learning, for me, it's, it's a different thing. It is people understanding that, you know, there is an individual way of learning. So therefore, we need to have different tools to, for different audiences. Interesting. It can be uh, experiential, and it can be, and it can be, you know, books, it can be whatever it is. But, you know, people, people should continue learning. But my learning is different than your learning. And companies have to understand that. That's a that's a uh, amazing thought. So things that keep you up at night. The pandemic today. I still have my employees, my family, in, in countries where it's it's still surge surging. And you know, I know here in the United States we are seeing the end of it. Uh, but in other countries, we're still you know with the eyes very open. Awesome. Uh, so. Um, uh, now let's let's uh, spend few minutes on your journey, and, and thank you, thank you for for playing uh, rapid fire with us. So we ask all of our guests to talk about um, some qualities that has helped them stay what they are, or that has really contributed to to the, to, to the success. What are some qualities that has helped you become what you have become? a deep uh, interest in human being. That's why I studied psychology, not to be a therapist because I would be 
I'll be a terrible therapist. But um, but because I always thought that there are so many nuances into individuals and how can I you know better things. Um, so empathy, I can absolutely because of my journey, I can put myself in people's shoes most of the time. There are sometimes people need to you know warn me. Humble, you know. I know that I, I'm not the smartest person. So therefore, you know, let me, let me listen to what you have to say and let's get into talking groups how we can do better, right? I like to have fun. I like to laugh. And because of my accent, because I don't know things, sometimes I, sometimes I say things that are inappropriate and they just don't match with anything. <laughs> people laugh a lot and I'm going like, I'm not trying to be funny, but people just crack up. Um, and I'm fine with that. Like a little bit of self-deprecation brings humanity to the mm. table. That's that, that's a fair point. And um, and um, on on your psychology journey, I I was thinking about this. So I think I really want to have you back at some point again and talk about an HR leader in psychology because that's that, I think the whole pandemic is just it just increased the whole new branch of of science that you already have gone through, how to lead an organization from, from that template. So I, um, I, I definitely would love to have you back at some point on talking about that. That would be my pleasure. So um, last but not the least, um, if you want our guest um, listeners and viewers to take away something from this conversation, what would that be like? What would be your parting thought? Well, I, I've been, you know, pretty con uh, consistent with uh, with the theme, right? That you know, I, you know, we are not robots. I don't hire robots. I don't work with robots, right? That some people do, but I'm sure there's a human behind that <laughs> that is developing that robot. Um, and so for me, is you know, remember that we are all humans. That everybody has their flaws, their developments, their you know, strength. So therefore, you know, always try to keep yourself healthy, you know, physically, but mentally. So you can bring your best self, you know, don't ever forget, right? When you are in an airplane, the, the flight attendant says, you know, you breathe first and then you help others. You cannot do for anybody or for a product or for any, if you're not mentally healthy and physically healthy. So take care of yourself. And not only, you know, your physical body, but your mind and soul. Uh, with that, uh, thank you, Melissa. So um, to our listeners and viewers, so very few times we I, I actually got to meet people who are actually working um, in serving their community, making it better. And and, and, and Melissa, I think you're, you're, you're always source of inspiration to, to us and me, especially of you're always there to support us. You're always there to help um, the community. You're always there to help other leaders. So thank you for all you are doing. And you're always uh, welcome back on the podcast and privileged to have you on the show. Well, thank you, Vishal. It was a, you know, it was a fun hour. I, you know, I, I'm thrilled to have had this experience with you. And, um, you know, for the viewers, I, you know, you know, please reach out to me through LinkedIn and, and, and let's connect if you ever want to have some chat about, you know, your future career or anything whatsoever. I, I you know, my, my purpose in, in the world, it is to, you know, to do best that I can for, for human and, and where, the, whatever way I can. 
and it has been my work and i'm very proud of that thank you vishal thank you um, have a wonderful day you too